and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, swearing, and I'm hoping slightly less reverb than normal. As always, I am Nick Cameron doing my Bill Clinton thumbs. Thank you for joining us. I am joined by my good friend, the man who has been here since episode 23. I didn't look that up. That's probably wrong. We're going to go with it. The myth is greater than the fact. This is episode one mother fudging hundred of the Glacier Musical Podcast. Beer, metal, swearing. I am Nick Cameron, as I said, and I am joined by the man who can always count to 100, C.N. Chakas. How are we doing today, buddy? 100 episodes. Ah, 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 ah. Count that, bitch. We can go into syndication now. Get yep. Dana Snyder. Get pop him out of that magic shake outfit. All the but, all the credit goes to you. First of all, congratulations to you. This is thank still you. your baby. I'm a gleeful co-host. As much as I've invade everything I participate in, <laughs> I love uh, the invasion. I, you I, know, just you welcome uh, the invasion. Unlike Russia, I'm ooh, a welcome. Fuck Russia. Uh, and kind of fuck North Korea for launching a dummy nuke in Japan this week. Korea. Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Yeah, okay, 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 okay. But uh, on back, the frownies, back to praising the frownies, me. Back to praising Back to praising you. 100 episodes of anything is nothing to sneeze at. And I am... Most, yeah. most podcasts go 15 episodes in fizzle. Whereas I just don't care if no one listens that week. I will do better next week. We are, if you well, don't we are, listen... We're certainly riding high off this last couple. Yes, well, I mean, I have had episodes before you joined where the only person that listened was me. Mm. That was when I knew I had to change it up. But in the meantime, fuck that nonsense. I thank you, thank you for every, thank you, Keefe, for joining me this every each and every week for this ridiculous crap. Greatly appreciate it. Everyone who listens or whoever has listened, thank you. Hopefully, we're gonna get seven thousand more because I want to live that long. I want to live seven thousand more weeks which I don't even want to know. No, I'm going to live that long. I'm starting working out. I walk every day. Anyway, I'm not going to work out. But uh, so if you are new, thank you. Rate, subscribe, thumbs up, or middle finger. All of them are welcome. Uh, This is how this goes. We have our greetings, beer check, vinyl check, shirt check, news of the day. Those are the weekly departments. Meat of the episode this week is animals. 2018, the brand new record in 2022. We'll get to that. Don't worry. It is on the list specifically. But in the meantime, beer check. Got a bottle this week. Look at that pint glass. So don't say what it is. Now why you have to go to YouTube to see what the pint glass is. Or Keefe can just blurt it out. I mean, you should tell them. I'm rocking my Senjutsu Trooper pint glass. And in the beer, Iron Maiden Trooper Sun and Steel. It is a English pale ale brewed with sake yeast rather than beer yeast. This was frighteningly expensive. Once I learned it was not even 12 ounce beers. It's only 11.8. Uh, this set How of three beers. was it? Three beers, one glass. $27. Walked out to the car. Wife looked at me and said, how much was that? I'm like, uh, 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 uh. she's like, was it 25? Yes, it was. She's like, that's what I thought. Awesome. Luckily, this- Mrs. Cameron does not listen to these. No, she was there. She was the one that was doing it. Oh. And then she said, uh, just because I guessed the number doesn't mean I approve. I said, thank you. What's 
What's it taste like? It tastes like weird. <clears throat> I, I, uh, sake is a uh, a beer like wine as it is. Uh, I don't know. I kind of held off on getting this for a very long time, but if you look closely, it's got the kick ass uh, senjutsu. Uh, Eddie in the samurai gear. It's, you know, it is 4.8%, so it is a session beer like most English beers. But uh, it is good. It is just weird. It is It is a completely, but I mean, look at that color. Look at that pour. On Very paper, pale. it sounds like something I would like. I don't love the Trooper Baki Stout. Not a fan. Bottles. Oh, the Fear of the Dark? No, I did not like No, the I didn't the have the Fear of the Dark. The original Trooper beer. Um, oh, I, no, the original Trooper beer is an English pub ale. Yeah, it's not for me. It's uh, not do, great. It's I not do bad, have a but can. I have a can somewhere when it launched. Um, I also have a band beer because mm. I am economical, if nothing else. So once again, in honor of the Misfits announcing a New Year's Eve show in Las Vegas today, here is a Misfits beer. I've already had this on the pod. But, uh, yeah, this is, again, Cali Craft Brewing in uh, Walnut Creek, California, not too far from where I am in San Francisco. Uh, this is a delicious beer I'm very fond of. I'm going to get the pop. Good pops. My pops uh, have improved. The, the trooper is not a, is... a double entendre. That is a beer comment. And here's my glass. a little dusty. <sighs> I pulled this out of the closet. And it's delicious. Yeah, just blow in it. Yeah, that's, that's good and sanitary. That's <laughs> neat spot. Might as well lick it too. Lick the bottom. No, lick the bottom. That way it oh, sticks. I mean, it's my cl- It's my house. It's pretty clean. <laughs> There's my pour. Uh, and Rising the trooper is, of course, the... uh, Robinson's Brewing, which is the the brewery that Bruce Dickinson chose <clears throat> when doing it. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and shirt check before we get to the vinyl check. Trying to push through a little bit this week. We're trying to be tighter, be a little bit more reasonable in our in our lengths. But I am wearing an STL style, which is a St. Louis-based clothing brand, which seeks to engender pride in St. Louis because those of us who live here, most of us hate it. But uh, it's got the arch. It's got a cool uh, turntable aspect to it. The missus picked this up for me. so It's very on brand for you. Yes, it is. It is very on brand. I, choosing to not wear a black shirt for thousands of days in a row, picked a my one of my favorite shirts, my crowbar green face my green many faces shirt the the uh iconic album cover that maybe metallica ripped off for uh hardwired i'm not sure oh metallica doesn't rip things off they come up with well the artists had said like i've never i've never heard of crowbar and then it's like look at how really simil- okay. even the compositing of the photos was never done. heard of crowbar okay so you were dead but, i mean in like the 90s. metallica works with people in fields that are not metal oh, okay well metallica you know what okay it's fine uh i'm gonna go ahead and start the vinyl check mm-hmm. This week, I'm going to start off with my wife's birthday gift. My wife loves records, will not buy them, tells me not to buy them. And then, So I buy them as gifts. If it's a gift, I, a gift for me is you buy something for somebody that they would love but never would buy for themselves. So the Lemonheads, It's a Shame About Ray, 2022, uh, d- a deluxe pressing. It's got a... You know, the gatefold, all the business. It also has a complete disc of unreleased demos. I am not a fan of the Lemonheads. I, however, have seen the Lemonheads in concert twice because I am a fan of my wife. Uh, Because I'm also a fan of my wife. I saw fucking Winger last weekend. So, 
Now, somehow I'm Beavis and you're Stuart. I don't know how this happened. No, I was dragged. I was Butthead. Butthead got dragged to see Winger by Stuart's family. Uh, That, by the way, was uh, 35-ish. Little pricey, but my wife is worth it, so... I think uh, anything with the two discs, we discuss, we discussed this before. Anything with the two discs is okay to be over 30 to me. I am not going to complain over much. I still think it should have been a little bit cheaper, but you know what? Whatever. It's not for me. So, is your volume okay? You seem like you got muted a little bit there now. Uh, my record was in front of the mic. Okay, that's fine. So, got Chemist. Ooh. Finally picked up a Chemist. This is Absolution. They're one of those bands where everything is shunned. Uh, picked this up at Music Record Space out on Gravoy. Uh, they also had It's a Shame About Ray, but they wanted 45 for it, so I got it at Planet Score Records the next day for 35 So that is my last week in vinyl. I'm going to save my story about Evan Dando and Lemonheads and just suffice to say that I also have seen the band live. Um, I saw them on the It's a Shame About Ray. Uh, we're going to play the whole fucking record tour. No, that I didn't see. I saw them in the later days. Why? Uh, this was the later days. Yeah, this was Evan, like the 20th Evan's, anniversary or something. Oh, okay. Evan, Evan's talented, more. but I don't want to talk about him. Let's let's talk about my vinyl today, which Hit I'm me. poorly unprepared for. But this will be very familiar to you. <clears throat> my favorite Megadeth record of all time. Aha. Uh-huh. Which I procured from the co-host of the show. I will tell you now, that is the first record I've ever sold at a loss. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. And mm. uh, I don't remember what I paid for it, but whatever it was, it wasn't enough. And um, <laughs> It was I love... $40 ship, which is fine. I That was the, the... oh man, no, I'm not bringing that up. I don't need my anxieties going crazy. It, it, we definitely detailed that entire story on the pod uh, about a month and a half ago. But I will yeah. say that this also made, number one, I love this record, as poorly recorded as it is and unsalvageable as it is. This made for a really great prop when I interviewed Jeff Young last week because I pulled it out. He was like, oh, that's awesome that I had it. And I had, you know, it's legit. It's I found cool. that in the wild at Circa Now Records. And I was like, holy shit, I cannot believe you have this. And then I flipped out my credit card. And I had a little regret later, but, I, you know, at that time I felt like a big man. All right. And that's all. That's what thanks, records is about. Feeling thanks for blessing me with that album. It means a lot. I to am me. glad someone else will enjoy it and listen to it far more than I <clears> will. Yes. Anywho, beer, shirts, um, news. Vinyl. I got a couple of news of the day. Go for it. Don't don't got to talk about. I got four news stories. Don't need to discuss any of them in 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 significance. That's not in detail. Excuse me. Now uh, the first is Dave Navarro is out for the next leg of Jane's addiction dates. Which, I mean, I think everybody knew he's got long COVID. Get better soon, Dave. Rage Against Machine has canceled their North American tour as Zach De La Rocha needs some tendon surgery. Good Lord. Uh, Loretta Lynn has died. The coal miner's daughter. Just want to point out the term redneck originally was referring was referred to Appalachian coal miners that wore red bandanas around their neck in support of the union to stop scabs. So call me a redneck if you want. That's pro-union, that's me. And okay, so one last great piece of news with a caveat. Pink, and this is germane to today's topic. Pink Floyd is presently looking into selling their catalog. 
their asking price is one half of a billion dollars, which based on how many times KC95 plays uh, Comfortably Numb, Wish You Were Here, and uh, Breathe, I think. That's worth, a, that's worth a couple of bucks. I mean, you can hear half of the Floyd catalog every day on KC. So, however, Roger's comments about politics may sink the deal because people may want to back out and not want to do business with him. However, I was under the impression that Roger had to give up all claim. Oh, it's his publishing. You can't, you, okay, so he kept his publishing. He just doesn't have ownership of, oh, yeah. And also, so Roger has already sold off a portion of his publishing in the past. So mm-hmm. I don't have the details if this is the estate of Richard, Nick, and David selling off the Pink Floyd catalog, which- I read this in Variety today. I think they can sell portions of it. They can sell selections. They can cherry pick albums or songs. And so you've seen Mm -hmm. it done all kinds of permutations. Interestingly enough, this would take a whole episode and I don't want to, but um, there, in the interest of time, there has been some pushback you know, there was like a huge surge in royalties, right? Royalty valuation. And you saw Bob Dylan sold his whole catalog off for $395 million. And what that means is it's not that Bob can't make money anymore on his thing. First of all, he's getting a huge payday. And this is, that's, I think what it is, is like a sell off the rights to your music for a humongous payday now. Own a little piece of it for perpetuity, but not a whole lot. Very tiny. And then that company licenses the music sports, movies, yada, yada. And so, let's face it, Pink Floyd was just in two Marvel movies this year, and they're occasionally in commercials. They've never been shy about kind of, I don't want to say prostituting their music, but they surely have shared their music all over. Probably less so if Roger has a say. By doing this, what they can do is take a giant payday now. It's it's like, you know, uh, J.G. Wentworth. He'll He'll buy your annuities... You get your payday up front. It's it's fine. It's nothing to to, to worry about. It's not. It's, it's not. Um, it's something the aging climbing. bands are all it, doing. Bands are doing this now, but I also think that there's a sort of crevice coming where the valuation is way overpriced. Now, I think personally, I thought you were going to say billion with a B, not half a billion. No, it was um, half a billion. No, but I thought you were going to say a billion. Oh no no no! Just half. I forget who has. It might have been Bowie has the largest sale of a or Elton. One of them has like the largest sale ever, and it's like seven hundred million. So that's what we're talking about. Probably that correct, amount of money. Correct. Um, you got any news for me this week? Just one news piece that I want to share in the, in the sea of news things. Obviously, I mentioned the Misfits have a New Year's Eve show, and they already have a show around Halloween time with Alice Cooper and Distillers. But the real news for me this week, and the heartbreaking uh, news, uh, I think I mentioned the Karen Crisis GoFundMe last week. I may or may not have, but there's a Karen Crisis GoFundMe. I'll link it again. But also the band Mesa, who has one of the best Stoner Doom albums of the year, was in a head-on collision in Europe. Horrifying. They were lucky to be alive. The band and their crew all severely injured. Their their van totaled. No word yet on the gear, but I'm assuming their gear and merch is also destroyed. Um, <clears throat> they had to be cut from the van, sent to the hospital. They're going to have multiple surgeries. You hate to hear about this. There is a GoFundMe. And, uh, you know, who knows what amount of money and time it's going to take to heal these fine folks. They were at Roadburn. They've been touring all summer in Europe. They were hoping to come to America next year, I understand, I believe. Who knows? 
Uh, you know, we had Baroness have a terrible bus crash about 10 years Ooh, ago. Ooh, let's not talk about that. A lot of bands have had van flips. I interviewed Baroness five days before they flew to England, and then three days later they had the crash. Uh, so I am a bad luck charm. But, um, you know, if you can help Mesa out, we're going to link it in the description. And, um, yeah, that's that's my that's my story. Let's move on with the Floyd. Moving on. We're going to start off with the cover basically the physical product of 2018 here is the cover those of you on youtube are now looking at it in stereo baby and we discussed that last week let's just let's uh well let's start with the booklet because we didn't we, we talked about the booklet and then didn't get to it so it's a pretty significant booklet honestly i have not opened it till just now so you know we've got old Pictures of Battersea, the original cover, thank God. Black and white photos. Uh, this, I may, oh, there's the fucking pig. There's the pig again on top of the station. Show the pig and, a little bit. Let's see the pig pictures. Okay. Did we have to talk about this fucking thing? So here's the pig. Not me, that pig. Then more pig. Then pig. This is a neat picture. Because it's up the rope. So basically, it's like the pig has a giant pig dick. And here is more pig floating. So then now we get into the liner notes, the Pigs lyrics. are very well endowed, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of it. No, I know sheep are. Uh, now here's some cool photos. Battersea in green. That is a cooler photo, I think, than the original. Uh, black and white. Battersea in motion. See all the smoke. Pretty cool stuff. Here's Nick and Roger. It's been a long time since uh, their smiling faces have been in a record. Facts. Uh, it's still an, a, an actual working electric factory, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the equivalent uh, of a Con Ed or a PSENG. It's going here. down now, but yeah. Uh, and then there's Dave and, Dave and Rick. How metal? The Dave kind of looks like max cavalera there in that photo boy he looks like a young max oink oink wolf wolf ba that's great oink oink wolf wolf ba let me talk because if you, if i don't talk they don't see the photos uh here we got uh uh pigs tour business photo tickets from spanish or uh and chair no i'm sorry that is uh portuguese nope that's french oh it's it's the montreal show that's what they put in here. They put in the Montreal show. That's foreshadowing. Uh, oh, here are the inflatables from the tour. Very cool. Very cool. More uh, concept art of the inflatables, more inflatables. All right, I'm going to whip through this because I'm, okay, got to finish this off. All right, next is, let's talk about the cover. So the cover is not a new, it's a new rendition. The, it's currently what Battersea looks like now. And mm. they are, if you open up the gatefold, you get a whole, you see all of the rows of houses that they have put around it. So there's only one spot they could get a picture of Battersea. And if you look right there, that's more houses. So basically, Battersea is going out of business or out of commission. I don't know how you phrase it for a power station. 
or whatever it is, it's, it's, it's going into forced retirement. And there is only one angle of the entire place where you can see the station from around everything else. Then on top of that, you've got the train tracks all through there. England, you know, I was kind of, we were watching The Crown before, while we were eating dinner. My wife is like in love with The Crown now. So I asked her, I'm like, do you know how many people are in the UK? She's like, no, 70,000 or 70 million, excuse me. Do you know how many are in California? No, 40 million. I, apparently I am really stuck on population sizes. So in America, we have no fucking clue what overcrowding is. So in the UK, which is the size of Missouri, all four nations, they have double the number of people in California. So they have trains everywhere, so, which is awesome. So you got the trains. And I think in the end, this cover is spectacular it is three times the cover that the original is i felt the original was too stodgy too cartoony it didn't it was too brown and brown tones earth tones are very much realistic it didn't give that dystopian nightmare here it feels like that you're gonna have a spotlight on you right before they shoot you Thoughts? Nick obsessed with populations and firing squads. Um, I love. Yeah, I am obsessed with populations and culling them. I, yikes! I love the original Sorry. animals cover. Um, first of all, I I just went to the well, not just went to a year ago. I went to Los Angeles for the Pink Floyd exhi- exhibition of their entire. Career yeah, so stuff. jealous. They, I hope it comes back and makes the rounds in other cities and one near you. Um, I would go again. It was wonderful. And they had, there was a lot of stuff about the artwork because just iconic stuff, right? And, you know, I love the original. I love the idea of the original. To me, sells the rest of the image for me. I do feel like the current 2018 cover is like the album come true. In a way, like it's still maybe the dogs won instead of the sheep. And that's why Battersea looks the way it does. There's also, um, anybody that's from New York City has seen a train yard. And there are multitudes of them around the tri-state area. And if you stuck a power plant on top of a train yard, that's what this kind of looks like to me. Um, It looks like going into Union Station in Chicago. Could be. Very much so. And, um, or or D.C. uh, Very similar. And, um... So, yeah, man, I love the cover. I think the new cover is great. It's a great take on the original image. And you I know, think that this cover is a, emblematic of what is on the inside. Okay, that's fair. And I we'll think get to, well, we'll get to that. I think also, you know, so Dark Side of the Moon is a very icon, the prism on the black, right, is an iconic image. And the Wish You Were Here cover is meant to be jarring and off-putting and weird and make you pause mm-hmm. what is going on here and um even down and you know we didn't talk about like the original labels and stuff like that on the vinyl on the original press and then they went away from these guys that they worked with for 15 years for the wall so 
you know, the wall is the Gerald Scarf animation. I right. see, I consider the wall really Roger's cover and his design. Oh, every completely. Bit, every bit of it, not well, this let's, album. Well, we'll, we'll get to that next week. That, but yeah, that's my thoughts. So, we'll, and then there's one more thing to talk about this, and we'll get to that on the next chapter of Animals, part two. So, what is the name of the album we are discussing? Animals 2018. The brand new... Pink Floyd record. In 2022. Oh, you noticed. Because, you know, what's great about this is we could have, uh, this could have come and gone and we would not even have an entire podcast series on it. Because in 2018, I was still, you know, uh, giving my balls a tug thinking, how do I do a podcast? Sorry, everybody else. And yeah, so gotta love that. And I guess now... Uh, do you want we need to talk about why really yeah let's be brief about it but let's give the uh, would you like me to take a stab at this so um you know we can do this one of two ways you can take a stab or i can read to you roger's actual words i want to take a stab first and give and like literally less than five minutes so you know, all the major legendary bands are doing archival projects because these albums are coming up on 40, 45, 50 years of celebrations. It's a good time for marketing. Uh, we didn't talk about this in the news. Black Sabbath is doing yet another re-release of Mob Rules in Heaven and Hell. And Nick I've has got, one. Please don't no, go. No, I don't. Out, but. I, I've, got, uh, I've only got Dehumanizer. I've got a Dehumanizer re-release from three years ago. Yeah, so they're they're doing the thing. All the bands are doing the thing. A lot of Pink Floyd's peers have done a complete remix and remaster when possible. Steven Wilson of Porcupine Tree seems to be the guy who is the go-to guy for Yes, Genesis, Rush. He's done all those. And um, Floyd, it was important to them when they started to do these. And they did a big series of... 180-gram represses and remasters a while ago, a few years back. I have. A well, they also did a remix of uh, Momentary Lapse of Reason, which we could also hit at the end of this, if you wanted. We'll see. And so they, it was important to them to do this, to remaster this one. And they had James Guthrie, who is a de facto secret, you know, fifth or sixth Floyd, if you will. He's, you know, an engineer and producer on a lot of Floyd records. And there's a guy that both Roger and David, I would imagine, trust. Yes, they both spoke very highly of him. So, yeah, they so they go to remaster. They have all this, they took a new photo. They have all this archival stuff. They have these wonderful photos, including the, the Montreal poster. For some reason, I wouldn't put it in there. Oh, my Lord. But um, we'll get they, to that. they have this great remaster. And then it comes time to agree on the credits and other things. And Roger... Because Roger thinks he is Pink Floyd. He thinks he's pink. I used to resent that, but now he thinks he is Pink Floyd. He wanted to have these extensive liner notes to come as a part of the album. And the band was like, um, no. You can trim that down to like 500 words or less and you're going to get a page. You're not getting a book yourself. That's absurd. And this is the reason this thing didn't come out for four years. Because it was ready four years ago to come out. Let's uh, pull More the thing. You're correct. Nailed it. Let's pull the pin out of last week, right? So we go back to Wish You Were Here. Roger, on the documentary from Wish You Were Here from 10 years ago, gleefully preens over winning the argument over 
you got to be crazy and raving and drooling. Wow. Why won't they work with him? So I, uh, I'm not going to read the liner notes because I think the liner notes are uh, even more self-aggrandizing than I really Can we get like a few sentences? I'd love to just have a few sentences for posterity. Oh, I want to start with uh, Roger's preamble and then I'll do that. So Roger has a preamble to the liner notes, which is about as long as the liner notes. So as I am banned by Dave Gilmore from posting on Pink Floyd's Facebook page with its 30 million subscribers, I am posting this announcement here today and and in full on rogerwaters.com. That's all you need to hear about the preamble. Okay, Uh, blah, blah, blah. I am, and then there's like, it's like outlined because he's Roger. Uh, he wants to be very clear, and he mentions multiple times that no one disagrees with the veracity of the liner notes. Just saying, that's what he said. Look, I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying that's what he says. All right, here's a little bit of, okay. Mark Blake, liner notes, Pink Floyd animals. You know what? You just say stop when you want when you're done. Because I'm going to go, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Give us a little. Go ahead. Despite being recorded in London during the long summer heat wave of 1976, Pink Floyd's Animals remains a dark album. Ooh, a dark album. Its critique of capitalism and greed caught in the prevailing mood of Britain, a time of industrial strife, economic turmoil, the troubles in Northern Ireland, and the race riots of Notting Hill. The album was released on January 23rd, 1977, but the roots of Pink Floyd's 10th studio album go back earlier in the decade. Following the success of 1973's The Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd pondered their next move. During a two to three week jam session in early 1974, the band worked on ideas for three new compositions. From these sessions, the band developed Shine On You Crazy Diamond, a passionate tribute to Sid Barrett, words by Roger Waters, added by me, haha, could not help it, which became the centerpiece of Floyd's next album, Wish You Were Here, and Raving and Drooling, composed by Roger Waters, and You Gotta Be Crazy, written by Waters and David Gilmore. Note, Waters and Gilmore, not, you know, any, you want me to keep going? I mean, this is... No, I'm going to say, like, no credit to Rick or Nick at all. <laughs> like, whatever you want to say, those... Oh, like, dude, there are still... Nick's finest drumming is on this album in The Wall. Rick's finest keyboard work is on this album in Wish You Were Here. You know, the guy, Roger, doesn't give credit to anybody for anything, even if he wrote Well, you know song. what? May, in fairness, maybe he did, because there's another 3,000 fucking words that I'm not going to read. No. I am not going to finger fudge the rest of this <laughs> podcast... To read Roger's liner notes. No, but it is interesting that Roger, he's so bitter. I will also say he spent years saying Wish We Here was not written directly about Sid. He years, did? Years saying it wasn't. And now he seems to have No, no, the around. song. The song Wish You Were Here is not about oh, Sid. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Shine On You Crazy Diamond. He, oh, was, he, he has gone on record in the past saying okay. that Shine On You Crazy Diamond is, was not originally about Sid and Wish You Were Here is not about Sid and the album is not a concept album about Sid. It's not but, about Sid. But, but now it kind of is. And eh, whatever. You know what, Roger? The thing about Roger is go back to Live 8, okay? Live 8 tells you everything you need to know about the interpersonal relationships of those four gentlemen. 
one, they didn't invite Sid. And then Roger, of course, has to point out, oh, Sid's not here, you fucker. Not helpful, not helpful. Then, then it gets to the end, and the whole time, Roger's got this smile. He's got a, oh, well, how would Warren have put it? A smile 10 miles wide on his face while he's singing the lyrics to the songs he's not singing. And, you know, whatever. He's having a great time. And then you look over at Dave, and Dave is so over it. Yeah, as much, again, this is, again, a parallel to uh, Celebration Day. As much as I love Led Zeppelin more than you can possibly imagine with words, they absolutely took a thing that was not their thing and made it their thing. And Roger tried to take Live 8, a thing that he should, he's done a lot of charity stuff in his time, whatever you want to say about him now, and he totally made it be about Pink Floyd, and they insisted they were one of the last bands, if not the last band, and he was just uncool all the way through and david yeah but celebration day was a full set and amazing (laughs) but yes and then on top of that roger makes the pink floyd set all about himself yeah for sure because it's his moment back you know right and Um, then so then at the end he's like everybody come hug come hug and everybody but david comes and he looks at david touching you he looks at david and he goes basically that moment in harry potter six severus please and david shows up and does not look at him yeah you can't harry potter me unfortunately but anywho and then uh, so it wasn't Chewbacca long- doesn't get a medal at the end of star wars this is what this is what that moment is for me okay fair enough Chewbacca doesn't get a medal roger waters is not gonna medal and after and roger at this moment believes that reunion tour money is coming because in the divorce he gave up everything but the wall in the final cut so he believes that reunion tour money is going to hit and yay. And it doesn't happen. Fast forward two or three years. The David Gilmore on an island tour. He and Roger were uh, uh, rehearsing in the same compound. So they had a meeting on camera for Dave's um, documentary of the tour. And it's even more awkward. Like, who left this in? It was so awkward. So, and then the mask, Roger's mask falls off. When he realizes it's never coming, he is frozen out of Pink Floyd. So basically, he has to sit there. Oh, look, it's the consequences of my own actions. You know what? You could have had your cake and eaten it too, but you didn't. So... Now, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of bands that have acrimony, right? And some bands are just never going to get back together again. I think Fleetwood Mac is pretty broken. Like, they're not going to let Lindsay back in under any circumstances. And uh, Eagles. Oh, yeah. Glenn passed away. Felder was kicked out. Uh, Eventually, you get to the point where you break it too much. Yeah, Randy Meisner is waiting for a phone call that's never going to come because they love Tim Schmidt. But, like, Meisner should completely be a part of the Eagles. So, yeah, this is not uncommon and not a, no, you know, it's, it's not a deal-breaker thing for me. Well, it's um, not like that Roger and Dave were friends. I mean, as I've gotten older, I have come to accept the fact that, oh, just because you're in a band together doesn't mean you're friends. You're coworkers. You're just coworkers that spend a lot more time together. Not everybody on your hockey team is friends. Not everybody in your office are friends. It, it is what it is. And eventually it gets to the point where you just don't feel like you need to work with them anymore. 
and nobody feels like they need to work with Roger anymore. Yeah, and thanks. every time you see Roger with anybody else in Pink Floyd joining him on stage, it's always about Roger. And facts. Uh, he is a true musical genius and one of the greatest talents of the 70s. However, he's also he's also crazy. And he does not he he now realizes what he gave up and he is still clawing desperately to get back to it not accepting that he never will so now that being said and punching roger right squarely that, in the nuts, all that unpleasantness aside this is still a great album correct now let's talk about something really fun all right right here in this area is where my pink floyd records are where does this go alphabetically or just in general i do mine uh i do my records in uh uh in in date order it's alphabetical by band name and then in release date order they're not going to have another album except the remaster so like i think 2018 but do i put it like it was done in 2018 do i put it after pulse the new version of pulse or the historic pulse i have one pulse i don't care but it last it's the last thing to come out like Okay, Unless you prefer Pulse. Pulse, I know that you love Pulse. Pulse. Is uh, uh, my comfort food. It's when I'm feeling bad. I listen mac to and cheese. I, I got it done when I got my snip, my nut snip. So it was something I could listen to and like take my mind off of it while I was on Vicodin. Okay. Okay, you know personal Not a TMI things. there, but you know, good to know there will only be one Cameron Cyan inheriting the hockey stick throne from Nick and Mrs. C. Um, That's all there needs to be. So now, moving forward, let's uh, stop talking about my nutsack and give your own balls a tug. So, that's from Letterkenny, by the way. Uh, so now, let us talk about the 2018 music. The, the stuff in the grooves, the cool shit on that giant black hockey puck. So, what is now my favorite... I don't know that I have a favorite track on this record because it's one of those things that's it's 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 a whole thing. But now of the five songs or four songs or just three, however you want to look at it, what is the song on this record that you really felt like it it really changed? Because I, I don't want to go a rundown of this is different, that's different, this and that, because I think we would be here for six weeks. And I didn't listen to them back to back, song to song, so I can't do that anyway. And other people have done it better than I think we would. Okay. I will say this. I listened to this thing now four times and one time. Oh, lightweight. <clears throat> not. I listened to it four times on the vinyl back and forth, and then I listened to it one time digital in the mm -hmm. headphones and all different volumes and different things. And I mostly just sat, I didn't uh, put it on as background music. I tried to take it in and listen actively. Same. And so I'll give you a couple of things. This is not very wordy here, but um, most improved track picks three different ones. Uh, in general, the bass and the drums are superior on this remaster, superior, um, vibrant, bouncy you know roger has a very kind of bright tone because he's mostly a pick player for the most part um and um except for the few times when david comes in on bass and uh not on this album but 
Yeah, it's very vibrant and bright sounding, much more than the dull animals I have been listening to for years on CD and digital. And then, and countless listens in those guises, right? And then I think the tuning of the drums, and this is one of the reasons why Pigs, Three Different Ones, is much improved, is that you really hear the delineation in the drums in the mix from just tone to tone, tom to tom. It's really fantastic. Again, Nick, this is a powerhouse performance of drumming from, from Nick Mason on this album. And that's my favorite thing about this record, that exact improvement um, I mean, in my personal take, I agree it is all one piece, but also Dogs by itself as a song is monumental, as we said last week. There's just too many superlatives to throw at it. Um, I would almost take Dogs by itself over almost all of the wall. I know that's blasphemy to you, but that's me. Animals and Wish You I will fight you. You can. I'm kidding. You can. Um, I felt like a response was necessary. But yeah, there's there's nothing else particularly that jumped out to me that's better, but those two things, the in particular that song, because the bass and the drums are much improved on this remaster. All right, well, you've already kind of worked into the second one. We've still got some time, so we're, we're, we're doing good on time. So if I could have a soliloquy, as it were, a Mark Antony style, what's the crap? What is that Shakespearean thing they do? Monologue, I'm gonna have a Shakespearean monologue because I have that kind of time to fill, and I feel like Roger today. I'm so right, I'm so right. I'm banned, I'm banned. I'm banned from posting on the page of a band I'm not in, because I left 40 years ago. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I stand for Roger, but lately I've just wanted to really just slap him in the face and go, what's wrong with you? Anywho, so for me, the most improved song on this album is Dogs. And, and I've never had anything really against dogs other than the fact that it is 17 minutes and the only other Pink Floyd single tracks that are among that long are Adam Hart Mother and Echoes. And the thing about those two tracks is they have far more movements. You know, dogs has excuse me, the, the, the sake yeast is getting me. So I apologize if I'm stuttering and just stammering here. It's, it's not, I know what I want to say. It's not that, but the, those two songs have oceans of movements. Those are maps of a world. Whereas dogs is a road. It's a single road. It is from an A to B. And you get the, lyrically speaking, it doesn't take long to find out what happens to the particular dog in this song. You know, you're a saddled man dying of cancer. You get that at like four minutes. Well, there's still forever to go. And I have always found in the original mix that that song gets a little tiresome for me because you get the denouement well before the climax. So it just, it's just odd storytelling. And then on top of that, it's not an extraordinarily varied epic. I mean, this is not 2112, for God's sakes. This is clearly one song where they just got into a serious thing, man, and they just had to keep going. And that's fine. However, in the updated mix, it's brighter. The, the vocals are shifted off-center. So that gets really interesting in the third verse where you have Roger's vocals 
three quarters of the way into one side and Dave's lead guitar three quarters of the way to the other, which creates for an interesting stereoscopic listening experience. And it's just a brighter, fuller track. One of the things, it's, it's like having listened to animals on CD for so long. And I have only listened to animals via CD and via the 2016 remaster, which comes from digital sourcing only. I am hoping, praying to God, that the 2018 remix is analog. But it sounds like going from a compressed CD your whole life into that new, that old vinyl sound. It is expansive. It has got a greater tonal range. And I mean, I think this is something I could go on about for every song. You really hear Roger's bass. And I feel like, and I don't want to pile on praise for Roger right now. I want to punch him and hurt him and say mean things about him. But as a bass player, Roger Waters is up there with anyone of his era, if not past everyone of his era, save John Paul Jones, because John Paul Jones is a god among insects. Not your fault. That's John Paul Jones. Okay. However, I don't ever feel, but apart from money and a little bit of dark side here and there, you really never get the full depth out on Front Street of what Roger's doing. And because the tonal range is deeper and wider, I get more of that. And then on top of that, you also get some uh, some interesting techniques. He's not letting his notes ring on um, on pigs on pigs. Three different ones. It's not ringing. He's muting. He's he's playing it, and muting it immediately. That is a kind of subtlety you don't get on the original on the original mix. You don't hear that. And that's the then the dogs barking and dogs are much more on Front Street, much more lonesome it's it's not just this random sound in the background and that also of course goes for the sheep goes for the pigs the sound effects of the farm animals are not just a trick it's 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 part it's like eddie van halen always said about you know people when i use my techniques i'm playing i'm telling a story when everybody else does it they're telling a joke disagree with that eddie but you know what it's a great statement and in the first mix of animals, when they're playing the animal sounds, they're telling a joke. When in the 2018 remix, it feels much more like they're telling a story. It fits better. It, it and again, you've got the it's it's not just the levels that are remixed, but the panning is remixed all over the place. And there is not a single track, there is not a single moment that is not improved on the 2018 remix. That is, I don't know that I'm ever going to listen to the original again. It's that good. I also will say this is the best remastered anything I have ever owned. It sounds yeah, so well, good. it's not remastered. It's remixed. It, it, there's a, you know, I mean, like think about Ozzy, right? How many times did you buy Ozzy CDs because they remastered them? And you know, 99 times out of 100, it's like nothing. The only other remasters that come close to this are the Kiss 20, uh, 1997 remasters where they actually make because in the, the original cd masters of the kiss records they didn't know how to work a cd yet 
And then when they remastered them and put them on CD again, they knew how. So they sounded good. However, they don't sound as good as the original vinyl. That's my opinion. I'm sticking with it. Fight me. Or don't. I don't care. I'm tired. But where? what would you say is the most noticeable change in this whole record? What I, I sticks did, out to you? I did already, but I, again, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it picks three different ones for sure. And uh, just in general, there's a it's it's almost the difference between like you know when you used to go listen to a tape in your car, um, and then go listen to that same tape at home in your boombox. You got different, like different like watching a film at a different aspect ratio. You're gonna see it differently. You're gonna hear it differently. And um, you know I really appreciate the care they put into this despite the fucking fighting. And, uh, you know, it's tragic that these guys can't get along or tragic that Roger can't mute his ego or feels bruised like a child and a peach. He's bruised. But, uh, yeah, they did a wonderful job on this thing. I, uh, I have no other notes. You said a mouthful, but you said everything perfectly. Thank you. I do my best. I, so my overall impression of this is, and the, I'm gonna, I can throw out superlative after superlative and I can Dutch rudder everyone in Pink Floyd and James Figgins, the guy that remixed it, whose name is not James Figgins. And Guthrie. What's his, James Guthrie. I could Dutch rudder all these dudes. And, and, and two other people that are not James Guthrie, but I just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I have the hype sticker right here. Hold on. As you enjoy my face in the camera. Oh, right. Pretty enjoyable. But I mean, it, James, they, James Guthrie, Joel mm-hmm. Planty, and Bernie Grundman, whose name I do know. Stereo remixed album on heavyweight 180G vinyl. So it is not remastered. You're right. It is remixed. Well, it's probably, it's remastered as well. Remastered just means, because you would have to remaster it. You can't yeah, you'd remix. Have, but you'd have to have the source tapes that are, you know, usable. Right. A remaster yeah. is just when you go to, you take the master and put it and move it to something else again. Mm. You know, you only have remasters with albums that are recorded in one format and moved to another. So, Accurate. so yes, it would have to be remastered, but the remix is the important thing. And, you know, I, I, to compare it to Momentary Lapse of Reason, which Momentary Lapse of Reason was a remix and an update simultaneously. Because they pulled out some of Nick's drums and added in some of Nick's live drums. Actually, no, he, I'm, I apologize. He actually overdubbed for that. They pulled out some of Rick's live keyboards from momentary lapse of reason and put his keyboards in in order to give it a truer sound a more enduring sound and this sounds way better than that does and there is no remixed out i mean how many remixed albums can you name besides this one obviously you've got momentary lapse of reason i can name destroyer uh resurrected um, and there's a ton. Yeah, we yeah. just established that there's a ton of these. But even in most of them, I don't notice significant differences. I Maybe my ears aren't strong enough, although I would argue they probably are. However, in, you know, in most remasters, and there have been thousands upon thousands of remasters, and 99 times out of 100, they just made it louder. The, the, Garage, Day, the Garage Inc. record by Metallica is all remastered. And what Kirk described it as before it came out is we're going to remaster it just to have everything the same volume. So, you know, a lot of remasters are just getting it to modern day volume. If you listen to an original Pink Floyd CD, 
like my copy of Wish You Were Here or my copy of Momentary Lapse of Reason, there's a 10 decibel difference in the loudness between what they put out now. So it sounds better. However, when you're listening to it on shuffle and it comes up on your iPhone, it sounds like ass because it's really quiet now. And so, but so as a remix, it succeeds on every freaking level. And I would argue that they screwed up the first time. The songs are amazing. Everything is amazing. However, they didn't put the icing on the cake. They left it off. It took me animals of the classic run is the last one I could really appreciate. It took me a long time to dig into this. And it, I had to find out what it was about even to get there. I'm sure there's a story about them leaving the studio. They were out of money. They needed. No, it was in their own. It was their own studio. That's true. I don't know. But I feel like money is still a thing. Touring. Well, yeah, they they also EMI wants the record at this time. Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason. It, but it compared to 2018, the original the original mix of this album is unfinished. And it would not have taken me several years of trying to get this record if I had this mix going in. It's got a more inviting cover for me. It's got a far better sound for me. It's easier to understand what's going on. It's, it's superior. There is no way that the original is superior to me on this record. Fair enough. I still love the original very much. Um, well, I am going to try one more thing to see if I can get the original a little bit more play in my world. I'm going to buy a Japanese pressing of it. And a, an OG 70s Japanese pressing to see. Because, again, I have done an A to B of The Wall. Because I have a 2016 pressing of The Wall and I have a 1979 pressing of The Wall. And quite frankly, I have not spun the 2016 since i got the, the 1979 wacky um i feel like you have put a very good pin in this is this a good place to stop i don't think we need to sum this up anymore because i feel like the last hour has just been summing up well you know what we can zip up our pants and call it a day all right then am i taking us home take us home okay then this has been the Glacially Musical Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, clearly you have enjoyed what you heard or been enraged by what you heard. So kindly leave us a review. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts like Apple Podcasts. Drop a comment. We do read them all. Nick replies to them all. We share this in a multitude of places. You can find me. You can find Nick on social media and interact with us there and comment and debate these things we've said and done. We really, you know, again, we're just glad to be on this journey with you. 100 episodes of the Glacially Musical Podcast. I'm thrilled to be a part of this. This is great. And uh, as we say every week at this juncture of the show, this is the Glacially Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria, but you wouldn't want to go there anyway. Harsh. Very harsh. Harsh realm, bro.